Before we start, let us please close our eyes for a moment. And take our attention to our breath. Just watching for some time. It's the most precious thing in our lives and we keep forgetting all the time. May during our this satsang, we may be able to watch more of our breaths to find more inspiration to proceed on our path and also to feel the presence of the divine within and everywhere. Please open your eyes. I'm happy to be with all of you here. And uh, for those who do not know me, my name is Swami Swarananda Giri. I'm presently speaking from Brazil, from Sao Paulo, from our Ashram Temple of Divine Love. In the last seven years, I have been here in Brazil, in Sao Paulo, at this Ashram, trying to serve my Guruji and the organization. And before we start or to start our discussion, I would like to share with you some gardening experience. Since we are here in at the Ashen here in Brazil, I was willing to have one plant. And this plant is a Tulsi plant. Most of you, I think, must know this. It's uh, the name in English is holy basil. And in India, it's a very sacred plant, many benefits, and uh, it's considered to be the manifestation of Divine Mother itself. So I was very eager to have this plant at the, the ashram, but it took almost three years to get one. And then after all this time waiting, when the Kriyavan brought this Tulsi, this holy basil in a pot, I was so happy, so excited. It looked like a new baby. So I didn't know where to put in the shade or in the sun or how to take care properly. So I was really worried about that sacred plant. And then after finding some nice spot for that, uh, I keep watching and it was growing nicely. And then after some time, maybe some weeks, when I look in the stem of the plant, it was already hard, the stem. 
very thin stem but hard. I found there was a small bud coming from that stem. I, I thought it was a little bit strange because it was below the leaves. And uh, I said, okay, maybe some flower will come or some more leaves, but almost in the middle of the stem, let's see what happened. And then I keep watching that uh, bud and it was growing a little bit, but no flowers, no leaves coming out of it. And then, to my surprise, after a few more weeks, the leaves from that stem start to dry and die. So the bud was not blooming and the leaves were dying. So it was just the stem. And that happens with few stems. I was curious to, to understand what was that. And then one day, uh, I decided to cut that stand with the bird, so-called bird, and to take a look what was inside. And then for my great surprise, it was not a bird. It was a cocoon. And inside that cocoon, in the middle of the hard stand, there was a worm. And that worm was hidden inside the stem of the tulsi plant, just sucking all the nourishment that was supposed to go to the leaves and the flowers. So it was nothing to bloom, but it was killing the plant. It was very interesting to see this and how that worm could go inside that hard stem. Still, I don't know. But then when I was thinking about this, this episode of our Tulsi here, our first Tulsi, uh, one verse of the Gita came to my mind. In a very, very simple way, in a very practical way, uh, came some uh, meaning of this verse or how this verse applies in our life. It's the first verse of the 15th chapter of Bhagavad Gita. And basically, in this uh, verse, it says, they speak about one special tree, Ashotam. And this tree has its roots above and its branches below spreading everywhere. And then I was just having this comparison in between the Tulsi planted and uh, this verse saying about the roots above and the branches below. This is the tree of our life. This is uh, our body tree as Pat Gurudev used to say. It's very beautiful, this, this uh, description of this tree of life, this special tree, with roots above and the branches below. So what that means? Our roots, the roots of our body, of our lives, are connected with something here from the top. It's deep-rooted in the soil. And which soil is this? This soil is the divine. Our roots are connected with the divine. And from this divine soil, our plant is nourished all the time. The stem and the branches are our body, our members. And they, we are just able to move, to act, and to be alive 
because of this divine sap who is flowing through God in us. And this sap we can consider as our breath or our prana who permeates every part of our body, every cell of the body. And we move and we live because of this connection, our roots connected above, as Lord Krishna says in this chapter. And because of you are alive due to the breath and prana, we can do our actions and we can think. And so we can uh, consider our actions and our thoughts as the leaves of this divine plant. I thought it was very beautiful, this comparison, and this came to me when I was thinking about this Tulsi plant. Because our lives is also a divine plant, it's a holy plant. But maybe one question you, you may have. Okay, the branches are okay, the roots are okay above, the leaves are okay, but what has this cocoon, what has this worm to do with the verse of the Gita or has to do with our lives? If we think a little bit, yes, we also have one cocoon in our lives, in our divine plant. We have a warm, and this warm we can call us ego. Very silent inside, just sucking the energy that coming from God and growing inside our divine plant. And this is the most harmful aspect in our lives. And why does ego is so bad for our lives why ego is so harmful to our lives and many times we don't realize we don't perceive and to understand that i would like to introduce ego's family to all of you i think many of you must already know the nice family of ego but i will share with you From ego's family, ignorance is the mother, the mother ignorance. What, which is ignorance? Ignorance of whom we are, ignorance of our real relationship with the world. So ignorance is the mother. And she gave birth. Who is the eldest child? Ego. The firstborn from ignorance is ego creating individuality, creating all kinds of division in the world. After ego, ignorance still keeping, kept having more child. And the next, they are twins. And these twins are love and hatred. When I say love here, it's not pure love, like a divine love or but it means attachment, it means desire, it means possessiveness, it means expectation, it means anxiety. And hatred is the opposite, frustration, disappointment, anger, sadness, depression. They are twins and they love so much each other, they always walk hand in hand. Where there is this kind of attachment, it will be the opposite soon or later. And 
the last sibling from this family it's fear and fear is the youngest son of mother ignorance but as the mother is so busy doing her so many works in the world she gave the task to the ego the eldest child to take care of the youngest so what that means wherever ego goes love and hatred and fear follows so whenever we invite ego to our lives we are inviting also attachment and aversion likes and dislikes and fear doesn't matter the degree ego walks all always together with these three twins and the youngest fear so the cause of misery in our lives is because of the union of this family and this family is so united that is very hard to separate it and what is ego if we analyze this word ego the letters that com compounds this word is self-explanatory so what is ego playing with the words ever glorifying oneself what does it mean the thought the attitude the behavior of a person with ego is always centering me myself and ego when i say here glorifying does not necessarily means only for good things or trying to be boastful but when we are having trouble and we think that oh i have the biggest problem i am the worst person i am so bad i am this i am that putting down is also sign of ego is a some sign of also glorification and this slowly and a very subtle form starts to kill our divine plant our lives bringing misery bringing love and hatred and ultimately bringing fear in every moment of our lives and then one question how can i get rid of this ego or another question can i get rid of ego or not and the answer is no we cannot eliminate completely ego in our lives if we use the words of a great master called ramakrishna paramahansa he used to say you cannot eliminate this rascal it will be with us till the end till you are completely liberated you are completely free ego will accompany us but we cannot get rid of but we can change we can transform our ego from unripe to ripe and when i was thinking about this process of transforming ego i remember the first time i met swami shudanandaji here in brazil it was in 2005 during one retreat he spoke beautifully about 
five stages of uh, this ripening ego. From the most unripe stage of ego in our lives to the most ripe stages that we can reach with this ego. And he divided in five steps or five stages. It's nice if we can observe and analyze in our lives how it goes. The first stage is the most unripe one, as I was telling, is I do it. No, I don't remember God, I don't remember anything else. I am the owner of my life, that's it. When the person or the ego gets a little bit more mature, the next stage is I do it. I, still it's me, I am doing, but now I am doing for God. That means God is begging at my door and say, I'm doing, but okay, God, I give to you something. I'm doing for God. But we can go further. The ego can grow and mature more. And the next stage is, I still do it, but I'm doing through God. Now God is not begging more at my door and I am offering, but now God became my instrument. I do it through God. That means God is my instrument. So one next stage, we just change the situation. God does through me. Now what happened? God is not more my instrument. I became the instrument in the hands of God. Much beautiful. Can you see ego slowly is decreasing and divinity and God slowly increasing in our perception, in our consciousness. And then you can imagine the last stage. In the last stage, there is no more instrument. I am not instrument, there is nothing, just the feeling. God does it. It's only him, nothing else. There is no instrument and there is not me, I do. So it's so nice to understand this and to think in our lives, in every moment of our lives, in which stage your consciousness while doing activities, while thinking is in these five topics. Just some, something for us to think. When you say ego, the most common expression of ego in our lives, it's I. In Portuguese, here in Brazil, I, we speak as eu, e-u. So as we cannot get rid of, and you have to transform how to do it, what we can do to change, to ripen this ego that is so harmful in our lives. And we have to use two instruments, two efficient tools that can help us with this process of growing. And the first tool is discrimination. What does it mean discrimination related to ego? I can use it in two aspects. First, I have to have very clear in my life 
that bad, the negative effects of ego. I have to remember all the time to put in my head that family that was introduced to you a few moments ago and all the damage that created in our life, living with hatred, living with attachment, living with desires, expectation, frustration, and living most of the time with fear, insecurity. This is what ego causes. And discrimination in this aspect means remember this more and more, and you'll be more aware. And the second aspect of this discrimination means analyze the intention behind your actions and your thoughts. Just think, why I'm talking this? Why I'm behaving in this manner? And we will see that most of time we are acting, we are behaving because of our ego. We are defending ourselves. We are getting angry so easily. We are trying to prove to others our point of view that you are right. We get so easily offended. Ego, our, that warmth is growing slowly and very subtle in our lives. And this type of discrimination to analyze the intention, why am I have to tell this? Why I have to do this? This slowly will bring more light into our lives and our actions. And ego doesn't like too much light. Ego likes to act in the darkness. So when you bring this clarity, more light to your life, to your actions, the ego starts to get weak and weaken. So two types of discrimination. Remember the effects of ego and try to see or perceive the subtle aspect of ego in your speech and your behavior and your thoughts. And when thinking about this discrimination and how to live, I just remember uh, one great saint, and it was St. Francis. He was so aware of this poisoning ego. He did not ego enters into his life not a single drop all the time he was so conscious of that and fighting against it it's amazing for example if he was walking on the streets alone and he had one negative thought one bad thought of any other person it was just himself he would stop to walk or to do whatever he was doing and he was going and search that person he had that bad thought and he just would come and say excuse me sir or excuse me lady i just have this thought about you can you imagine so i came here to ask forgiveness and then he would bow to that person and just say i'm going now please forgive me and just left the place just put yourself in this situation could you do that or not of course, we are not to, to reach this kind of uh, attitude, but you have to be aware. Whenever St. Francis was to move and one beggar used to come and ask something, he just had one cloth in the body. So he used to remove that own cloth and be only in underwear and give that cloth to the beggar. But sometimes he used to feel a little bit of proud of that. So immediately after 
giving that, doing that charity, he used to turn to his fellow, to his disciples and say, just to confess to you, I do this, but it was useless because I became proud of my actions. Immediately he will see that ego was trying to take care of his good actions. And the same time, in the same way, whenever he was speaking or walking among people, and he used to, to receive a lot of praise of people, you are a saint, you are a holy person, you are so good. He was he would be so perturbed. Then he was come he would come back to the monastery and order in the name of obedience that his subordinates would humiliate him to say in the name of obedience i order you have to now tell the most bad and dirt words to me he start and then that person without knowing to do start to speak and to humiliate and to very harsh words to to some princes and then after some time he'll say okay thank you very much god bless you i'm going to pray for you and calmly leave the place so the point is discrimination is very very important to deal with ego and the second aspect of this dealing with ego the second tool is surrender and what does it mean surrender here surrender in this case there else there is also two aspects first surrender is offering your activities to god thinking of god of the divine trying to connect with our divine font our font where our roots get nourishment so this is like a an action we are trying we are making an effort to get connected so gurudev used to say offer every activity before while doing and after to god and then your activities will be divine so this is the first aspect of surrender related to ego try more and more in your daily activities to insert to invite god through prayers or to offerings in your activities in your thinking this is very important and the second aspect of surrender is the experience itself it's not more in this stage is not one more an effort but it's the experience that he is doing he is the doer not me not this ego and in this stage our family with ego disappears from our life. Just to give you an example about this experience, not an effort to surrender or to feel this connection. Once uh, we are here, Baba was here, Guruji was here, we are going to one public talk in a church. So less than one minute to reach the church, 400 people were waiting for Baba to speak. And then in this last minute, he turned to me and asked, what is the topic for today? And he say, so then I told the topic for, for him. And then Baba came, we parked the car and he sit in front of people. And then he just said, 
I just want to share with you all that uh, I have no idea what I'm going to speak today. But just know you all that whatever comes, wherever God wants to speak through this mouth, that will be. And then after saying this to everybody, he just closed his eyes, pray and start to speak. Just let nectar flowing. And what was the result? When he finished his talk, many, many people with tears in their eyes, completely surrendered. It's not me, it's him using this body and speaking through this mouth. So this is the biggest aspect of surrender. So these two tools, discrimination and surrender. And uh, to summarize whatever we speak this information till now, we'll try to make all these things into a mathematical equation. And what is this equation? Discrimination plus individuality means ill plus surrender, what is the result? Deus. So, if you use discrimination plus our individuality, ego, plus surrender, what will be the result? Deus. And do you know what means Deus in Portuguese? God. And what that means? We have to live with ego. We have to use our individuality, but we have to squeeze it in between discrimination and surrender. And what would be the result with this combination? Deus, that means God. That means we are transforming our life into a divine life. Our plant will be a divine plant full of beautiful leaves and beautiful fruits. And I think this is my sharing from today with all of you. And I think we could meditate a little bit. Let us all please close our eyes. Just observing our breath. Our divine sap flowing into our lives day and night, nourishing the plant of our lives. Are we aware of it or not?
every breath is such a beautiful opportunity for us to grow, to perceive this presence, to perceive our real nature. Sakali Kumaricha Ichamai Parakumi Tumar Karma Tumitaroma Lope Bale Tariyami Sakali Kumaricha Oh, Divine Mother, you are with the Redeemer of the entire universe. Everything happens in this creation only because of your divine and sweet will. But still, out of ignorance and ego, the man keeps insisting in thinking, I do. Please watch your breath. It's not only your breath, it's the presence of Divine Mother. And please take a long, long and deep inhalation. Inhale. Hold your breath and bend forward. Bend your body as much as you can. And then exhale. Normal and conscious breath. Keep your body bent and please watch your breath. To bow means to surrender. To search for this divine connection, to eliminate this warm called ego in our lives, and to feel who we really are. Gurudev used to sing one Bengali song, and basically the meaning is Oh God, oh Lord, you are giving me so much all the time. You give me light, you give me health, you give me love and food so much joy that I'm unworthy of it. How can I give you back? I don't have anything. But I know if I'm able to offer my ego to you, it will be the biggest offering of my life. Please accept it. Watch your breath. Bow with love, with the attitude of prayer and surrender like a child. Inhale slow, long and deep. 
hold your breath. And again, sit up with the spine straight. Exhale. Normal and conscious breath. Some attention on the top of your head. It's the point where our roots are established into the divine. It's the place where God is breathing through us day and night. Watch your breath and a little attention on top of your head. Oh God, please reveal thyself. Let me feel that I'm not alone. Take a slow, long and deep inhalation. Inhale, love. Slow, long and deep exhalation. Exhale, peace. Inhale, slow, long and deep. Bring love. Exhale, slow, long and deep. Spread peace. Inhale, slow, long and deep, love, love, love. Exhale, slow, long and deep, peace, more peace. Inhale, slow, long and deep. Concentrate. Exhale, slow, long and deep. Feel, feel the presence. Inhale, bring more love within. Oh Lord. Exhale, spread peace everywhere. Oh Lord. Inhale, slow, long and deep. Exhale, slow, long and deep. One more time. Slow, long and deep inhalation. Hold your breath, concentrate. Om, Om, Om. Exhale. Normal and conscious breath. Just a little attention on your breath. And try to concentrate inside, inside your head. Trying to find this place of connection, this place of union. And with this inner attention, let us meditate in silence, in silence for a few moments. In the temple of silence, in the temple of peace.
try. Bring some more attention to your breath. Keep your eyes closed. Keep your attention within. Just extending your meditation. This life is a very special life. It's a very rare gift of God. And at the same time, it's very short. I'm praying for God and for Masters that we may learn how to use every breath, every moment of this life to grow, to transform. And with this transformation, we may be able to offer more love, more joy, and to offer our contribution to the world. It's in our hands. It depends on our desire. We have the blessings. And before we conclude, we chant Mahamutum Jaya Mantra three times for the peace in the world, for the release of the suffering. Om Subandhim Pusti Vardhanam Urvaruka Nivabandhanam Mrityor Mukshiya Mamrutar Om Trayambakam Yajamahe Subandhim Pusti Vardhanam Urvaruka Nivabandhanam Mrityor Mukshiya Mamrutar Om Priyambakam Yajamahe Sugandhim Pustivardhanam Urvaruka Vibhavandhanam Rujyor Mukshiya Mamruta Om Shanti 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 May the blessings of God and Masters be upon us all, all the time, everywhere and trying to perceive the presence of divine in each one of you and everywhere, I bow to all of you with gratitude and joy. Oh, Amen. I thank you all for this beautiful opportunity to be together. Wish you all a beautiful and divine week of celebration of love and joy.
Thank you so much and see you soon. Jai Guru Dev.